Uh, if you were here this morning, uh, Kyle easily preached about really what we're supposed to be doing, how we're supposed to be walking out in uh, complete faith and, and, and really presenting uh, the complete gospel uh, and doing everything. And part of that's repentance. Uh, let me be just quick with you and tell you that I'm, I'm gonna ask you to repent. I am. And let me tell you that I, I've, it's been me all week. I've been repenting all week going through this. I'm first to admit everything I, that Paul says we're guilty of, I mean, it's not just you, it's, it's me. So if, if you're like, oh man, this guy's taking this stance, I, I'm, I'm just as guilty too. And if you feel like repentance is something Old Testament, it's not. It's not. It's something New Testament. First words out of Jesus' mouth in Mark. Uh, if you read the, the Gospel of Mark, he says the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the Gospel. Day of Pentecost, they ask Peter, how are we saved? He says, repent and be baptized. Uh, if you look at uh, Revelations chapters uh, two and three, they are letters from Jesus to current churches, he's telling several of them to repent. It's Jesus saying that. It's not, a, it's not an Old Testament thing, it's a New Testament thing. It is a part of the gospel, it is key. Uh, and some of us are gonna need to do that tonight. Most of us, all of us. Yeah, all of us, I take back those other ones. It's all of us. So um, I'm gonna be pretty forward. I'm gonna be pretty, a little blunt sometimes. Um, it's just what, how it's supposed to be. Um, yeah, it's gonna be that way. I'm gonna be pretty simple. I probably won't be that long. Uh, I'll be pretty simple and straightforward. I might have like a few stories, uh, but I'm gonna be pretty simple and straightforward. Um, all right, let's see here. All right, so the first section we're gonna be reading is uh, chapter four in Ephesians, verses 17 through 24, that's the first section. There's really two sections of this. The first command uh, is to put off the old self and, and put on the new, and that's this section we're gonna talk about first for a bit. I'm gonna hit first, 17 through 24, and then afterwards we're gonna go into verses 25 through 32, which is gonna be, uh, what's this game on? Uh, which is gonna be, which is gonna be where we sit for the most, uh, most of our time this evening. So let me go ahead and read that. Verses 17 through 24 is what we're gonna read first. Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learned Christ, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. To put off the old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. We're gonna stop there. We're gonna talk about this for a bit. All right, got a lot of pages, sorry. Um, so, so the first thing he addresses here in this section about, really he's, this section we're talking about is the steps we need to take so that we can handle the, dis, the disunity that's happening among us. And he compares Gentiles and then how we're supposed to be the complete opposite, how they've got this hardened hearts, 
this, uh, this darkness that they walk in. Uh, and it, it really is a stark difference. Uh, it really just is. I remember sinning as a non-believer, and sinning now is just this totally different. Um, there are elements that feel similar uh, about feeling bad and, and, and whatnot, but there's, there's something different. I really, actually, let me take this moment to talk about repentance. Um, so there's, there's, there's repentance that is, uh, that is worldly and repentance that is from God. Uh, and I would say that, you know, in my callousness, uh, as a non-believer, I had this repentant, repentant heart that was, that was not really from God. It was from the world. Uh, I remember I got busted uh, at, a, at a party one time. This, uh, this, uh, I was at this, this, this party, and this dad came up, one of the dads came up, and he was like, I'm calling the cops. He calls the cops, and I like, we're all drinking. I'm drunk. I just tear off. Uh, I'm in high school, like I'm like, so I'm 16 or something like that, and I can't remember, and I tear off. I'm over at Appleby Sand, and I'm just like, and this guy starts chasing me. Uh, and I remember he called the police, uh, he was chasing me. I actually lost him in this neighborhood, like right over here between, even in between uh, Orgay and, and North Pecan, I did. Uh, and then went down here to university, up uh, to a friend's apartment, uh, where he lived with his brother, and I stayed there. And I just, I was drunk, and I was just like sitting there, I'm like, oh God. And then my phone rings, and it's my dad. And I'm like, oh, 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 this is bad. And, uh, and it was. And I didn't answer. And then he called again. I turned the phone off. And I just knew. There was no way around it. I had to face him. I turned the phone on. And, uh, and he's like, where are you? What's going on? So he's got a, a call from Nacogdoches police that his son is drunk and driving around town uh, like high, at high speeds trying to lose this guy. Uh, and that's like all he knows. They called him at you know, two in the morning. And I, I tell him where I am and he comes and gets me. We go down to the police station. I'm not in trouble, I'm not arrested. One of my friends who didn't leave, he stayed there. He got arrested and dad had to uh, get him out. And I remember I felt so bad. I felt so bad, I really did. I really did, I was so sorry, so sorry. I really was sorry. I felt so bad, I did. But repentance is a change of heart followed by a change of action. And that never happened for me, not then. I, I did, I felt, honestly, I felt really bad. Especially with deceiving my parents, I felt so bad, that was the worst. Deceiving them, did, did. Uh, but I, that didn't change. If you've heard some of my testimony before, it just gets way worse. Um, but I did feel bad. I remember, I, remember uh, I went to a, like a discipleship now here with the youth group, and there was a, there was a couple here who was really good to me, uh, Billy and Kim Ty, and they hosted it for us. And I remember Billy looking at me and going, you're not sorry. You're sorry because you got caught, but it's not real. And I was just like, and he was spot on. And I'm, I'm stupid, it took, a, it took years for me to actually recognize that. But he was good for calling me out on that. So true repentance is something that happens in the heart. It's change in the heart followed by change in action. Followed by change in, in action. Not just saying you're sorry. So, so he calls, he says that, that you're supposed to be the opposite. You are no longer callous, you know, and, and not repentant, but you have... Take, you've gone away from that. You've put on the new self, taken on the old self. That's what we're supposed to do. That's what we're supposed to do. That's what we're called to do. 
put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So there is something where that, that callous me who was sorry but went right back to what I was doing, there's a difference, you know, and now I, I can't go back to it. I can't go back to it. And I have to continually be renewed in my mind. And let's talk about that because that's, that's kind of, like, what does that mean? What does that mean? Paul's using a lot of plain language here, but sometimes it's a little, it's a little like, what, what do you mean by renewed? And I'm telling you, that's, to be renewed is to be changed, to be changed. And then it says what? It says to be changed. You're gonna be, uh, to put on Christ in true holiness and righteousness, and that's something I can't do. That's something you can't do. The only person who does that is God. The only one who does that is God. So naturally, if you can't do it and God does it, you're gonna have to ask him to do it. That's the way it's gonna be. And that's, that's something that I did when I first realized, when the veil was first, re- I first lifted, and I was like, whoa, I actually really need Jesus. I really do. And I've got to start asking for that, for that renewal. And that's something that happens daily. Let me tell you, you need to be praying every single day for this. First thing. First thing when I wake up in the morning, that alarm goes off on my phone. I reach over and I get it. And I've got to bring it over here because it's an iPhone. You've got to swipe the whole thing with your thumb and I've got to get it just right. And I get it. And the temptation is to like, well, let me check my email. Let me check my text. Let me check Facebook. Let me check whatever. And the first thing I need to do is just say, just hand everything over and say, not my will, yours. Not my kingdom, yours. Let your will be done in my life today. And I know we're busy. And I'm not a morning person. And it's tough. It's tough. And and if you don't have half an hour, I mean, and it happens to me, I spend three I still have to take that step and, and just say, oh, before I even get out of bed, or if I get out of bed, I'm praying, just, oh, Lord, not your will, or not my will, but yours, Lord. Lord, please, uh, or change, or bring change in my life. Renew me, make me new. Grow your fruit in me. That's something I ask for every single day. And then when I don't, when I had a t- little time to do that, you still need to spend more time and so that's what happens to me is I try and do some in the morning and then find another time later in the evening where I can just spend time listening to God and talking to him. And that's gonna be a key thing. Things really did change for me whenever I actually started to pray to God, to talk to him, and to take time to listen. That's gonna be key. Because if you're not listening, how can you be renewed? And that's something daily that needs to happen. And moment by moment, one thing after another, because I have a good day where I, where, I, uh, where I, I ask for renewal, I ask for, for, for his will, not mine, his kingdom, not mine, and then I'm at the office, and then I, I pull my phone out, and I open you know, Facebook or Twitter, and there's some Kardashian lady wearing a trash bag, and it's like, what is this? What is this? And so I've gotta like, boom, I gotta stop. I gotta stop. And let me tell you, that picture caused a lot of trouble for dudes this week, because they go from there to somewhere else, they let their mind wander, and you gotta take that captive, you've gotta be renewed, you do. It's how you react to that. You see that, and it's like, oh, what, what is this lady doing, making some weird statement about white trash? I don't know. And it's just, and I, gotta put it aw- I gotta put it away, and I, you can't avoid it, and you need to be on guard. You do, you need to be on guard. That's, 
sorry, that's funny, but it's, you need to be, you need to be on guard. It's gonna be something that you're ready to do, ready to be renewed, and then you take action. You take action. What are you gonna do when that comes up? You're gonna take action this way and go to a site that you like, or you're gonna take action and put it away? What are you gonna do? And that's, that's very key, that's very key. And you gotta allow the Lord to work on you, to soften your heart, to step away from that callousness that's the old self. And you've gotta be renewed. You've gotta be renewed. And that's something that God does. Only him, you can't do it. Nothing else you can do. You gotta let him do that in you. You gotta ask for him to do that in you. Um, <coughs> let me just see if I got all that. Boom. Okay, we're gonna go to the next section. So Ephesians 4, 20, starting in verse 25. We're gonna spend most of our time in this section. So we've gotta have renewal in in our, in our minds, this true righteousness that we're putting on, that God's giving us, and we need that for this, and this is where we really need to address tonight, is this section. Let me start reading in uh, verse 25. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands, so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. This This is probably one of our key verses for tonight, by the way. Oh, well, short story. I was at a conference this weekend, a men's conference, and there was a guy I, was, I rode with, I rode with a bunch of guys there, and there was this one guy who wouldn't, he kept complaining a lot, and I told him, I said, man, I'm gonna call you out on stage. I'm gonna read this verse and call you out. And man, he got upset. I was kind of like joking, and then he got upset. I was like, I'll leave the church. And I was like, oh, whoa. Uh, and so anyways, hey bro, you're here, and that verse is for you. That verse is for you, you, I know you're in here. Let me read it one more time. We'll keep reading through and I'll start at 29 again. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice, all intention to do evil. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Is that, is that striking any of you? When you? Whenever I read that, is anybody like, oh wow, those things. Is anybody, you can raise your hand, is anybody that strike you? Okay, good. All right, that one guy didn't raise his hand. Anyways, that's what I was looking for. Um, I'm just gonna have to. I'm gonna have to keep going at it. All right. So, um, where to start, man? So the the key here 
is so much of this is done out of anger, out of something that's settled in our hearts. He's this phrase, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Uh, really, it doesn't matter what time it is or how much time has passed. It's you don't let it take root in your heart, whatever it is. When it takes root in your heart, well, that's a bad place, that's a bad thing. Whenever something takes root, you let, it, you let it seep down in there, and that's a reverse of where you're supposed to go. You're letting your heart be callous and not softened. That's the opposite. And that's what he's talking about. Is don't let this take root in your heart. Man, anger is the root of much of what we're dealing with tonight. We get angry with folks. We get hurt by people. We do. We do, and then we don't grant forgiveness. It's very painful. And we hold on to it. I, uh, I, tr- I, try and dis- I, try, I try and take this as literal as possible, and I try and like, diffuse immediately. When I, realize, when I realize I've said something stupid to Emily, my wife, I immediately am like, I don't even let like a, like a half hour pass. I'm like, hey, like, I'm so sorry I did that. And I just, I try and address it so quickly, it's, it's like frustrating to her. She's like, let me be angry for a little bit. Golly. And I, I try to. I mean, I don't always, but I try to because that's the way to handle it. When it comes up, address it. And you let it, if you let it go, it sinks in. Sinks in. Sorry about that. Um, <coughs> um, all right. So uh, actually I want to talk about, I want to use a, a parable um, from Jesus we're going to read in a second. Uh, so uh, you know the last time I, I me, got, I got really angry, really upset with someone and let it sink into my heart, I went and I, uh, you know, I tried to deal with it for a little bit myself, felt bad about it kind of on and off, and then I went to Terrell and I confessed it, and I'm going to take you where Terrell took me. We're going to go to Matthew. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 18. Uh, we're going to put it up here if we can. Matthew chapter 18. He's got it, so you don't have to turn to it. Uh, Matthew chapter 18. Let me read this parable, the one that I'm so glad Terrell shared with me. And I, I, What's funny is, I, I mean, I've heard it before. I know it, and I know what it means, but until I let it sink in. Anyways, let's let it sink in. One of the... One of the disciples asked Jesus how many times we're supposed to forgive someone, and this was his response. He says, therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and payment be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me, and I'll pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when the same servant went out, he had found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, and seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me, I will pay you. And he refused and went and put him in prison until he could pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed. And they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should you not have had mercy on your fellow servant? As I've had mercy on you, and in anger his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. 
so also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. And when Terrell shared that with me, it just cut me to the quick. It cut me to the quick. This is exactly what I was doing. I was not uh, showing mercy to someone. And I had been shown great mercy. That, uh, that servant who owes 100 denarii, uh, denarii is, a lot of times, they, they measured their, their, their payments by, by days, like a, a day's labor. A one denarii is a day's labor. So he owes this man about 100 days, so three or four months of hard labor that he owes this man. A talent, a talent is uh, 20 years of hard labor, and he owes 10,000, the other guy did. So 200,000 years of debt had been paid or cleared for the first guy, and then he made the other guy, he choked him out and sent him to prison over 100 days. It's preposterous, the amount, 200,000 years, but Jesus does that for a reason, because I've been forgiven all this debt, incredible, one lifetime after another, and then I'm just angry with this person. I'm angry with this person, and I have no right to be. No right, you got no right, doesn't matter what they did, doesn't matter, we've got no right. We've been forgiven, we've been shown mercy, and we, we don't get to pick and choose who gets it. We don't. Jesus calls him a wicked servant. Wicked servant, golly. Wicked servant, wow. That's, that's brutal, and I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I did, and I say I, I did it, and there are people in here who are doing it right now. Right now, you got that in your life. You're holding something against somebody and you refuse to show mercy. And you can give it, no matter what happened. You can give mercy. That's one of the incredible, God's given us many gifts, physical and spiritual, many, many gifts. And one of the greatest gifts that he has given us is the ability to supernaturally forgive someone in a way that others cannot. That we can let others who sinned against us, we can let their sin be covered by the blood of Jesus. We can say we can hand it over in a way that others cannot. In a way that others cannot. Where other people say, sorry, we can say, it's okay, and you've been forgiven. We can, that's super, that's from the Spirit of God. And that's an ability that we often don't tap into. We don't let him do. It's so difficult. So I want to address the main thing that's happening here. By here, I mean this group right here. This group right here. I, uh, I feel very led, very led to talk to you about this. This group right here. This group. This group, I have seen personally, seen folks who talk mad garbage, mad trash about other people who are in this room and I've seen it before, heard it before, and I'd say all the time. And it's something that seeped into our culture that is not okay. It is completely inappropriate, completely inappropriate. And it, is, it, is, it has become so commonplace, it's like it's not a big deal. It's just not a big deal. Where you say, I just don't like that guy. Or you hear what he did to her, I, just, I hate him, I can't stand him. I hear that. I hear that, literally, out of your mouths. And, and you can just kind of say it nonchalantly. And you can even say it to me. Some people say it to me. Like, I don't want, and, it's like, and forgive me, forgive me for not, for not 
reproving you on the spot. I should have. I'll try and do better. And there's, there's a difference between coming uh, to, to me or to Terrell or somebody saying, hey, I'm having this issue with somebody versus just being like, I can't stand him. I can't stand her. I don't like her. I don't like how she treated She said this to me one time. I can't believe it. And you haven't talked to her since. And this group, this group right here is big enough and is diverse enough that you can hang out in your group, come here and worship in there in this group and you try and buffer, have a little buffer zone and you can keep doing that. You can keep talking crap about them for something that they did to you or said to you or did to your friend and then you can just keep coming here and worshiping and you don't have to really interact with them. It is the number one thing I believe plagues this group. It is. And there's no place for it here. None. And what's difficult about it is you probably have been wronged. You probably have been. You probably have been hurt by this person. This person probably has hurt your friend. So what makes it difficult is because you're standing on this, I'm in the right, and this person's in the wrong. Which in in a way is is true. Like, I haven't done this. This person did this to me. And so it makes it like it's somehow okay to slander them or to talk terrible about them. And it's not. It's not. If right now you feel like, oh my gosh, is he talking to me? Has he heard what I said? Yes, I am talking to you. And yes, I have heard what you said. I have. Absolutely. And it needs to stop. It absolutely does. I've got one more passage I want to take you to that's pretty severe. Turn to Proverbs chapter 6. Turn to Proverbs chapter 6. We're going to be in verses 16 through 19. If you don't know where that is, just open your Bible to the middle. You'll probably be in Psalms. It's to the right of the next book to the Psalms. And I want you to look at it. I want you to look at these pages, not just up on here. I want you to look at the pages and see this. Proverbs chapter 6. Let me read it. There are six things that the Lord hates. That's right, hates. Seven that are an abomination to him. And really that means, that means there's a particular emphasis on the seventh. That means it's real bad. Nothing is worse than an abomination, by the way. Here they are in a list for you. First one's haughty eyes. And the next one's a lying tongue. The next one's hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that devises wicked plans. Feet that make haste to, ru- to run to evil. A false witness who breathes out lies. And here's the one we're addressing tonight. The one that's abominable. One who sows discord among brothers. That's the one that's abominable. That's the one that's worse on this list. It's abominable. Absolutely abominable is how God describes it. Absolutely, and that's not a good thing. That's not a good thing, and that's what I want to address is that seventh one because that's what's beginning to happen. And you're, you're not directly trying to stir up a bunch of people like, hey, like, let's all like, gang up on this person for doing this. You're not doing that, but you're right on the edge of it. You're on the cusp of walking in an abomination. Do you realize how serious that is? Do you realize you're about to commit an abomination? Be careful. Some of you are very close. You are so close to that. 
and it's not good. And I, I don't believe some of you are directly trying to manipulate people into sowing discord, but you're doing it naturally. Saying, you're telling your group of friends you don't like this person, this person did this, now the rest of the group doesn't like them. That's essentially what that is, it's discord. Let me tell you why God hates this the most. It is most reminiscent of Satan himself. That's why. Satan sows discord like no one else. That's what he did in heaven against God. That's what he did in the garden with Adam and Eve. That's what he does even here, even here. That's why he hates it the most. It is awful, absolutely awful, and it it does not belong here. It does not belong in the body of Christ. Paul is addressing it here because he's trying to make this group unified and make sure that they are. And our church needs to be unified. Crosspoint, this group needs to be unified and there's no place for it and we need to repent of it. Remember what repent means? A change of heart and then a change of action. So stop it. Stop talking about that person. Stop it. Now. So this list... This list of, of seven, let me, let me, there is good news. There is good news. It's not a sugar coat, it's the truth. There is good news. This list of seven, every single one of these was committed against Jesus. These actions are what brought Jesus to the cross. Haughty eyes, the Pharisees, the religious leaders, too prideful. They're in their haughty eyes, they're so prideful they can't even see. They can't see how proud they are. Too proud to admit that they're wrong, that Jesus is the Messiah. Too proud. Way too proud for that. That's the first step. And then they start lying about him. Their hands want to shed innocent blood. Their hearts devise wicked plans. Their feet run after him to commit evil. And then they bear false witness against him in the trial. And they sow discord, even amongst the Gentiles. They have the Romans do their dirty work. They sow discord among them and have them do this. And they stir others against Jesus as well, all the Jews against him. All seven of these against Jesus himself that brought him to the cross. And you know what Jesus said on the cross? He said, forgive them. He said, forgive them. And they've just committed these things that God hates. This discord that's an abomination. And you know what that means? That means that there's forgiveness for you. If these people can commit these acts that God hates against Jesus himself, all seven of them, and he can say, I forgive you, and he says that to you too. He says that to you too, because that's you and me. That's you and me nailing him to the cross. That's you and me. We're the Gentiles. We're the Gentiles. We don't even know what's going on. Just sick. I'm the one who's, who's taking a crown of thorns and pushing these thorns into his skull. That's me. Making a mockery of Christ. That's me. And he says, forgive them. He says, forgive them. And that forgiveness is for us. It's for us, it's there. If you've been walking in these things, you've been walking in anger, you've been letting that settle down into your heart, you need to repent. You do. There's no way about it. You've been talking about somebody like you shouldn't have who's here in this room, 
who comes to this group, who's in another community group maybe? You need to repent. You do. No way around it. What am I supposed to tell you? That'd be okay. Just feel bad about it. Just ignore the person. What? No. And I am not saying that you have to go up and address that person and say, hey, I've been talking crap about you a ton. And they don't even know it. But you do. It needs to be in the heart. What did Jesus say? What did Jesus say in that, in that parable that he taught us? He said, forgive your brother from your heart. From your heart. Jesus cares about your heart. God cares about your heart. That is what he is looking at. So if you're going to stop this, that's what he's looking at. Is at your heart. Repentance is a change. It starts in the heart. It leads to a change in action. In the way you're going to address it. I know tonight is a little intense, a bit much, but it's necessary. It's a key part of the gospel. If you're going to let Jesus say, I forgive you, you're going to have to admit that, yeah, I've been committing these things. You're going to have to. And you need to do that. You need to do that tonight. You do. Let me, uh, let me pray for us. Lord, you are good. I cannot believe how good you are. How you would look on, you would look on our actions and in response, send Jesus. I thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. You sent Jesus in response to this, to our ways. Holy Spirit, Lord, I ask that you would begin to lead us into a time of repentance, of turning to you, handing these things over to you. Lord, please help us. Lord, we need you. There's, we cannot get over this, this anger, this pain, whatever's happened against us, we can't get over it without you. Please, right now, begin to speak to us. Please, right now, begin to let that happen. Let us grant forgiveness where we have been holding it back so hard. Lord, forgive us for that. Forgive me for that. Forgive me, God. Forgive us. Lord, we want to be renewed. Lord, we want to walk in peace with our brothers and sisters in Christ. We want to grant forgiveness. Lord, help us. Lord, help us do that.